Hey, this is Maurice. I just wanted to give a quick note here about uh, this week's show. So, today's episode, and actually all the Facebook episodes this month, were recorded last month in October. And since then, well, a lot has happened here in the U.S., namely the election of Donald Trump as our next president. Uh, Emotions are running high for everyone right now, which is completely understandable. And we are definitely going to talk about it on the show. But not on today's episode. Or next Monday's. Or the one after that. And that's because they were recorded last month. It was before all of this really went down. And, you know, everything has happened. But look out for a special bonus episode on Thursday. Where we will be talking about it. By we, I mean me and a special guest. So... Now, let's get on with the show. This episode of Revision Path is brought to you by Facebook Design. Facebook undoubtedly has some of the top designers in the world working under one roof. But what does it take to be a designer there? I asked this week's guest, Carla Cole, to find out. You know, I think it's just for me, I've always just been determined to succeed and I've feel like any designer that that wants to work here um, you just have to have not only setting like visual aside visual design aside it's really about the way you think and um, I would say they put a lot of emphasis on on thinking and process here learn more at facebook.com forward slash design You're listening to the Revision Path Podcast, a weekly showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. Through in-depth interviews, you'll learn about their work, their goals, and what inspires them as creative individuals. Here's your host, Maurice Cherry. Welcome to the Revision Path Podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry, and before we get into this week's interview, let's talk about our sponsors, MailChimp and Hover. More than 10 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters. No other email service provider is better when it comes to both functionality as well as customer service. Sign up for a free account today at MailChimp.com. When you have a great idea, you want to secure a great domain name for it, and that's where Hover comes in. Hover makes it easy for you to find the domain name that you're looking for and get it up and running with no hassle and no heavy-handed upselling. So go ahead and grab yourself a domain today and use our promo code REVISIONPATH and you'll save 10% off your purchase. Speaking of saving money, we've got another sale going on in our store this week. Again, our store is at revisionpath.com forward slash store. So this week, if you buy any two items in the store, you'll get free shipping when you use the offer code 2GIFT. That's the number 2GIFT and I'll put that in the show notes as well. This sale ends on Sunday, November 20th. Here's our Patreon fundraising campaign update. So we're still at 38 patrons for a total of $259 per month. Thanks again to all of you who have pledged your support and your appreciation for the show. If you enjoy what we're doing here at Provision Path, if you enjoy the guests that we're having, the conversations that we're having, if you've gotten even any value from listening, please consider becoming a patron. You'll get some great perks like early access to future episodes, access to our special patrons-only podcast, free revision path goodies, and a lot more. So just head on over to patreon.com forward slash revision path to make that happen. Pledge levels start at just $1 per month, and it's a really great and affordable way to support the show on a regular basis. Now let's get on to this week's interview. 
Our month of interviews at Facebook headquarters continues, and this week's guest is product designer Carla Cole. Let's start the show. All right, so tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Carla Cole, and I am a product designer at Facebook. I work on the friend sharing team, where my main focus is the composer unit, which is basically the little box that says what's on your mind. <laughs> I like that box. <laughs> no, I do, because I I know that's kind of a, that's a, that's a very weird thing to just say that, but... Because we, you know, we do so much stuff. We have a Facebook page and everything, yeah. of course. But I'm always putting in URLs and things, and it yeah. always amazes me how it can, how much context it pulls it in, pulls and I don't have to put it. a lot into it. So, how did you first get started with that team? Actually, that was the team um, when I was hired here. That was the team that I um, that I interviewed um, to be on. So okay. I, you know, since the beginning, which has only been all six months that I've been here, that that's been the team that I've been working on. How's your time been so far? You've been enjoying it? I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. For me, it's been a, a new place to work, but also a new city. Um, I moved here from New York after being there for practically my my whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been an adjustment because the West Coast is definitely has a different vibe than New York City. So Yeah. Is it a big change? It is a big change for me. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of, I, I tell everyone, is. For me, the biggest thing is culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, New York City, you can walk out and it's like a melting pot. You see every, you know, people from all around the world. Yeah. Um, whereas in uh, in the Bay Area, especially like I don't live in San Francisco. Like mm-hmm. My husband and I, we live in Berkeley. Um, but even in the East Bay Area, you know, we find it still to be, you know, a little sparse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for people that are recording, I'm actually at Facebook in a... I'm in a meeting room at Facebook. And this is my first time back out here in the Bay, God, since 2000. Oh, wow. Um, I interned out here at Ames uh, Research Center down Mm -hmm. in Moffett Field near Mountain View. Mm -hmm. And I was, I'm not going to lie, like this is my first time coming back out here in 15 years. And I'm thinking, how much has changed? (laughs) Because, of course, you hear a lot of stuff. And then, like, I watch Silicon Valley. I'm thinking, what's it going to be like when I'm actually out here and it has been a bit of like my body is still on east coast time so i've been up since like 3 a.m i'm not lying i really have it took me me a while to adjust as well i was waking up early i was feeling good about myself for waking up early yeah and then then i'm like i'm here too early i'm here way too early are you originally from new york no no i'm originally from north carolina okay Um, another north carolinian yeah 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 Yeah. Um, i'm not from north carolina the person reggie murphy we had uh, on the last exam, he's from North Carolina. Yeah, I am from Timberlake, North Carolina. It's a little small town outside of Durham County. Okay, and, um, born and raised there, and had to get out of there. Yeah. I know what it's like growing up in a small southern town. Oh yeah, for sure. You know the southern yeah. vibes. So tell me, like, what was your journey like going from? And I mean, you know, we'll go more into it in depth, yeah. but yeah. going from Timberlake, North Carolina, to Facebook. Yeah, yeah. For me. I always knew that I would be in these positions, you know, even when I was in Timberlake, I knew that I wasn't going to be there my whole life in high school, even in middle school. I mean, my dream was to be a starving artist in New York. Like, that, I mean, <laughs> and then so then when I made it to New York, I'm like, OK, you know, I'm not struggling here. It's fun. You know, I can I'll stay here. Yeah. And uh, 
after my time ran out there and, you know, I had a, a great run at the New York Times and it was amazing. Um, but I was ready for a new adventure and ready to move to a different state. And it took me to brought me out here to Facebook. Mm-hmm. When I look back, I'm like, wow. I, honestly, I do say wow a lot. And uh, I've been really fortunate and blessed to get to these places in my life, especially coming out of the high school that I came out of, mm-hmm. where the main focus was on agriculture and things like, you know, farming. And, you know, it, I didn't know anything about tech. I didn't know anything about Photoshop yeah. and Illustrator. I didn't know how to use any of that stuff. And, and fast forward to college, I'm learning all that stuff. And then and a, and a really great places to work. And mm-hmm. it's just... It's all surreal for me. Well, I mean, that's that's a yeah. testament, though, to your skill, though, that you're able to pick it up, though, right? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. And also, my father, he he works in telecommunications. Oh, okay. We always had a computer in the house. like. So you had the so exposure we, to yeah, it. Yeah, so, so I had the exposure at home, but I wasn't necessarily getting it at school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I didn't do well in school because of that, because I was interested in other things that weren't being taught really at our school so like the like the soft skills that kind of stuff yeah or? yeah you know um i wish there were more you know creative classes i think we just had like art one art two art three mm-hmm. art four and that was you know for your four years in school but you know you can just imagine i'm like this kid who really really needs like creative things to do and i'm, I'm really wanting those things but i'm just only taking like one art class yeah. for like an hour in the day yeah just really struggling let's talk a little bit about you know kind of design education did you end up go, you say you went to college you went to college yeah. for design yeah i went to virginia commonwealth university okay and uh i majored in in graphic design the curriculum was very uh traditional um, very print focused mm-hmm. especially the first two years and around the third year um, i was taking interaction design classes um, that were you know kind of introducing me to more digital digital media i struggled with flash learning flash that was one of the most difficult Mm. things for me to learn Um, and still probably couldn't do that well in it if i tried you know well flash is like thankfully thankfully it's dead yeah Yeah. i was so happy when (laughs) you know it started to dwindle away but uh, i remember just really struggling in that and i never thought i would have a career or anything in in web Mm -hmm. and because I just couldn't understand like simple variables and things like that. But then one day uh, I was taking this interaction design class and a classmate of mine, Matt Clayman, I'll never forget. uh, I wanted to build my portfolio site and uh, he was like, have you heard of expression engine? Mm. You know, the CMS, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I was like, I'll teach you expression engine. So we're like in the back of the class, not doing the work, <laughs> not doing the interaction design work. And he's teaching me how to code. Uh-huh. And like that was the foundation. That's all I needed mm-hmm. to get in. I was from there. I was like, OK, I think I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, And all it took was just somebody sitting down with me and be like, hey, so this is how you do it. This is how you create a dip, you know, like super simple beginner stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was so helpful. And I'll never forget like to this day, you know, I'll give him credit for that because it really helped me out. So do you feel like your time at VCU and what you learn, do you think that that helped prepare you in any way for getting out into the working world as a designer? 
I think that uh, VCU is very good for visual, okay. visual, visual design. But you know, I think that I wish that there were more um, design thinking and, and process, more emphasis on those things, as well as you know the visual design stuff. But I felt like we were doing a lot of pretty things, mm-hmm. things that weren't really relevant. And like even when I got into got my first job, actually as a production artist at ad agency. Like the things that I learned, like craft and all that stuff at VCU, they were really helpful in my first job mm-hmm. because I was making posters and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I wasn't really thinking. I was just doing, making presentation, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, I do feel like it was helpful for that. But I wish that the program had a little bit more design thinking and, and, and stuff like that. And it may now. It mm-hmm. just didn't when I was going through. So. Yeah. One thing that I talk about because I have design educators on the show is what can be done to kind of help with changing design curriculum as the industry changes. Because what we do changes so quickly. And I know that with education, there is so much red tape and bureaucracy that you have to go through to get syllabi approved and curriculum approved. And it makes you wonder if you're going into this as a student, is what you're learning even going to be relevant by the time you graduate? Right. No, I mean, I totally agree with you. And and just in comparison, my sister, who was at Duke University studying computer science, mm-hmm. and she, I'm basically doing what she would have been doing if she would have continued <laughs> with her. And so it's so funny because, like, what she was learning was definitely more creative, like um, digital arts and media and stuff like that. But maybe not so much em- emphasis on visual, but she was she was doing the computer science and thinking and, and you know, whatnot. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just, I think that I def- definitely saw a change in the VCU curriculum, graphic design curriculum throughout my four years there. I can say that in my junior year, there was definitely an injection of more digital stuff. You know, you started seeing it getting more digital curriculum, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, even product design, you see courses now popping up um, where you can be, you can do a product, major in product design yeah. or graduate graduate studies in product design, which totally weren't around when I was <laughs> obviously going through school. When I, when I graduated and I was looking for design jobs, the, I mean, we saw web designer, we saw webmaster yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And now when I see things like product designer, I'm thinking... Am I a product designer? I guess so. Because the the qualifications are similar to what it would be if it was, you know, a web designer pretty yeah. much just yeah. has a different title yeah. and things yeah. like that. Yeah, I remember thinking web design was heavy in code. Like you had to know a lot of coding mm-hmm. and equally as much, you know, on the visual side. And then I always remember not really applying for those jobs because I was like, hmm. But product design seems to be such a... Most product designers that I know have such a diverse skill set. Like, mm-hmm. You know, they're good in strategy, UX, and UI. and, and So they're kind of a generalist design. in a way? I almost feel like a lot of the people here, uh, a lot of the designers here are, are pretty good. Even like equally as good in prototyping as they are in, you know, purely building visual layouts in Sketch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just based on, on skills... What skills would you say that a designer kind of really needs to know in 2016? Ooh, in 2016. 
Which will probably change in 2017. Right, but <laughs> right. Yeah, because, you know, there'll be something new around next some, year. Some that, new tool or new framework right. or something. Because last year, or maybe not last year, a couple of years ago, I would have said, hey, you got to you gotta know Photoshop and you got to know some simple prototyping tool. Yeah. Now is Sketch, Framer, Origami. What else do we... And, which Facebook created. Which Facebook created. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we use Facebook tools here. It is ever evolving. And I think that's the thing that you just have to be so open to trying different tools. But there are some people here who still work in in Photoshop, which I think is like crazy. Now that Sketch is out, I'm just mm-hmm. like, Sketch is just so much easier to use. Yeah. Um, Sketch isn't on Windows yet, though. No, it's not. That's- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it, I mean, yeah, you're right. Okay. So there is, I mean, there is that yeah. kind of divide. Yeah, there way. is there is that divide. There is that divide between designers on Windows and designers on uh, on Macs. That's and true. So, yeah. So there's some, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff out there. How would you describe your design style? Oh, I don't even think I have a style. Are you talking about like my approach to design or like the actual look and feel of everything that I make? I was thinking look and feel, but I'm interested in, in that process, too. So let's let's talk about look and feel first. Okay. I tend to be more on the minimal side. Okay. Uh, but as far as, like, like that's kind of hard to do when you're working in-house for a company, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's kind of hard to inject your own your own styles into, like, I, I remember, like, a couple of weeks ago, I was working on some backgrounds or something, and... At that moment, I was able to kind of do my own thing. But mm-hmm. that's really the only time that I, I would ever be able probably to inject my own style yeah. into something. Like Facebook has such a, you know, they already have it. Yeah, their own taken. style. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty already. And the Times was like that, too. I think in my, my second job at Big Spaceship is probably the only place where, you know, because it's more... It's a design agency. Yeah. So, you know, that... You can cut loose a little bit. Yeah, you can cut loose a little bit. You can do your thing. And, you know, the client will kind of bring you back if it's a little bit overboard, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But, yeah. So, what about process? Like, like say there's a a new project or something you're working on. I know you're working on a specific team, but how do you approach a new project? Usually, we try to, before we even get into pushing any pixels whatsoever, we're thinking about, uh, I'm thinking about what is the people problem? Like, what are we trying to solve here? And also, what does success look like? So that way, whatever we make, we're able to measure against that. So if it fails, then we'll have a good idea of where to move from there. But usually, I don't like to start until I know, like, what? What is the people problem, the overarching people problem? You know, what is success going to look like for this project? And from there, usually I like to brainstorm with people. I like to brainstorm with design team. I came in, I was very fortunate enough to come in with another designer um, who we were both able to tag team on a lot of projects Mm -hmm. and just like, I prefer like he and I both, we prefer to just get in rooms, get stuff on the whiteboard get ideas out and then move forward from there and get into sketch or wherever and start, you know, building stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. we jump right into prototyping. If it's like, you know, simple and it's an easy thing that we can kind of build out. And uh, 
to you, what does it mean to be like a designer today? I know that's kind of a, a broad question, but given the amount of experience that you've had going from ad agency to design agency to newspaper publication to Facebook. Yeah. What does it mean to you to be a designer today? I remember, well, when I got out of school, design to me was something along the lines of, you know, changing the world. And that's what I really, really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But then I got hired at an ad agency. (laughs) 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 And it changed my views about design. Yeah. And... Yeah, it really skewed what I genuinely wanted to do when I got out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I, I'm back at that place where I honestly think that that being a designer today is a very powerful thing. Like we have we have so much uh, power that we, we could really, really change the world. And I think it's about, you know, working on projects that may not be the sexiest, you know, mm-hmm. but could touch millions. We had a month back in July where we talked to a bunch of designers that were mm-hmm. doing like civic based projects, uh-huh. basically doing the the unsexy sort of stuff. Yeah. Like one guy was working in campaign finance. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had the former creative director for the White House. Oh, nice. And like she spoke a lot about, you know, doing that kind of work that impacts millions and millions of people but is not necessarily like the the sexiest thing and i asked her like what can we do to get designers interested in that and i think the goal is just letting designers know that it's something that they can do even on a local level yeah even if it comes to like redesigning your ballot that's used for voting or something like that there's small things that designers can do to make that kind of an impact it's not working at facebook but it's something that impacts people in a very real way than, say, you know, doing a, I don't know, a website for an app or something probably won't, you know? <laughs> yeah, IPO. You yeah. Know, yeah. I'm totally there with you. Like, um, And I myself, I would like to look into, you know, those opportunities outside of work, too, where I could help a small mom and pop shop. Like, it, it doesn't even have to be an app, but it could be, like marketing or you know mm-hmm. posters or you know whatever that could get the word out about their business or you make you bring up a good point about ballots like that's a huge one yeah <laughs> you know so yeah i do believe there's a lot of things out there and as designers i feel like we have a responsibility um, sometimes to well all the time to go after those things that may not necessarily be the flashiest things that are going to make it to tech crunch or you know whatever right yeah since you moved out here have you really gotten a good sense of what the local design community is about not really mm-hmm. not really you know i've met a few designers but most of them you know still at twitter and yeah. you know they're still within the the bigger um like corporate design yeah kind of thing. yeah so we we have an analog research lab here on campus mm-hmm. where we do you can do screen printing and mm-hmm. letterpress and whatever there are a couple of designers there that are sign painters. Well, there's one there. She's a sign painter. I think that's so cool. Like, honestly, if mm-hmm. I wasn't doing this, I would be a sign painter. Dope. Uh, <laughs> I, I always talked about that. I would be a sign painter in, like, South America or something. Uh, but most of them live in uh, out in Oakland. and But, I mean, outside of that, I haven't really, I have not 
dug deep into the design community. Also, I'm just coming, getting back from, I got married a couple of months ago. So. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> have you heard of Bay Area Black Designers? I have. Have you been to any of the meetups? No, I have not. Okay. I talked with Kat. She's been on the show. Okay. I was hoping to meet her when I was out here, but she's actually now, as the time that we're recording this, she's at the Grace Hopper oh, conference yes. Yes, Grace uh, right Hopper. now. But I heard that's a really good group to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to reach out. And, uh, when you were in New York, were you part of any kind of design groups or things like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you mentioned Alan Cole, like good friends. Like, I mean, it's not really that hard in in New York. And you get a, a wide range of designers there in New York. There wasn't like actual organization that I was a part of. I did have a lot of design, friends in design, and but all around, like jewelry design and set design, mm-hmm. just a really a wide range of um, design friends. You mentioned sign painting, and I yeah. did hear that one of the the big things that you want to do is kind of open up your own like screen printing lab, yeah, yeah. sneaker shop, yeah, yeah. kind of hybrid thing. My goal has always been to open like some type of lab. That has screen printing, mm-hmm. letterpress, if so, it's kind of expensive, more of an expensive hobby than letterpress is. But, and I always thought that it would be cool to kind of inject that into the community that I grew up in because there wasn't, you know, that outlet. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no arts being taught. And so it would be cool to have, you know, different types of mediums that you could work on there as well as, you know, the digital aspect, the tech aspect, because that's what I've been in the last few years. But I, I've always thought of it as like a lifestyle, kind of a lifestyle shop. It's yeah. a lot of like, you know, it is It's like right now, it's like all these little things that I really, really like. And I just want to put them all in one place. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so I haven't really thought out how exactly this place would look. But I've always like, man, that would be such a cool idea. And people could come there and like work on whatever art that they want to and can hire some high school students and get a little bit of experience, you know, in between school years mm-hmm. um, that could then take them <clears throat> on to college and learn some things. Um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, and I'm not saying this is kind of a, a recruiting sort of thing, but <laughs> Atlanta would be a dope place to do that. <laughs> it really would. I have friends in Atlanta. I have a, actually one of my really good friends. She's a designer in Atlanta and she... Yeah, she always talks good about it. We've got sneaker shops. <laughs> I, I know we've got students. I actually just spoke at a, a local high school that, yeah. that is like building out their design thinking yeah. curriculum, yeah. which is so dope to think about. Like ninth and 10th graders are learning this kind of stuff. I love that. You know? I would have been all up in there. Or like, really, that's amazing. So it's a thought. You know, you started out one place like a yeah, little, yeah, you know, a little bubble shop. Yeah, you know, it's, it's cheap. You know, started out there and then. It can't happen out here, for sure. Uh, <laughs> it definitely can't happen out here. Um, it's too expensive. But um, What's the one accomplishment that you've had that you're the most proud of? Gosh, there's been a lot of things. I, I'm really proud of... Uh, after I graduated and started my first job, mm-hmm. uh, my dad sat me down and he was like... He knew that I wanted to go to New York. So he was like, just save everything. Mm-hmm. Save it all, and then you wait, and you can get there. Because I knew I didn't want to, I didn't want to, like, ask my parents for any money or whatnot. 
And so I wasn't going to move to New York without any type of cushion. Like, I didn't want to be living on anybody's sofa or mm-hmm. not. Uh, so I saved everything. And um, it took two years. But <laughs> I saved enough and got enough experience. And the timing was great that, you know, I ended up applying for a job in New York through another friend who, you know, told me that, I hey, you should apply for this job. Mm-hmm. And uh, end up going and moving to New York. And I think the the lesson that I learned there is about patience mm-hmm. and waiting for the right time because timing is everything. Not being too, or too, too fast. Like, you know, don't, don't be so, so quick to just, you know, jump from place to place, put your time in, learn some things. Yeah. It'll it was be a there. tough two years. It'll work out. I mean, my parents were constant reminders of that. You mm-hmm. know, were always telling me that, like, put your time in, give it, wait, and it'll come. Your chance will come. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty proud of the fact that, well, that I listened. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back really briefly back to to Timberlake, North Carolina. Yeah. And I keep referencing old shows because you're, you're mentioning things and it's making me think about this. I interviewed a designer, Dewan Hall. Uh-huh. He was episode 151. And he's a designer in Mississippi, like small town in Mississippi. Okay. And, you know, we kind of talked about, well, why don't you move out of Mississippi and go to, you know, New Orleans or Baton Rouge or yeah. like somewhere like a bigger city? And he was telling me how he felt like he had an obligation to teach the kids there, mm-hmm. like what was possible for them that he didn't have when... When right. he was growing up. And right. in a way that made me think, because I'm, I'm from a small, I'm from Selma, Alabama. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm thinking, what could I do? Because I, I mean, I, when I was going through school, I didn't, did we have art classes in high school? I don't think we did. I was in like marching band. Like that was the well, most like, creative. Yeah, well, yeah that was like the most creative now. thing. <laughs> Other than that, I don't yeah. think we had any, yeah. any art classes or anything. And now they do. Yeah. Now I went and looked at, at my high school's website and I'm like, oh, they have an art teacher and art classes. Yeah, AP art. Yeah. And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like, should I reach out and try to speak there? Cause I thought that yeah. would be like an interesting thing, but have you yeah. thought about doing some kind of outreach back home so they yeah. can see like, I'm a success story from this community. Right. No, no, I totally have. I really have. Well, my sister has done it more than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has gone back. She's, she's taught and, and spoke at, at our old high school. I haven't quite figured out what to do yet you know i know there are things i know just going back and just saying hey i came up through this school and i've made it yeah and i want you to know that there's you know there's great opportunities out there outside of what person high school is teaching you and uh i just need to you know what you're encouraging me to just reach out and connect and with a lot of the faculty there and just to get that going. Because like even because I'm thinking for myself, I'm like, at the very least, I could do like a Skype call or Google Hangout yeah, to say like, hey, right. this is what I do. And this is how being in this environment inspired yeah. me. And hopefully it can inspire yeah. you. Because I'm thinking about what, what Laverne Cox calls a possibility model. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like you're looking yeah. at what what you can be in some future instance of yourself, right. you know, because right. it's, it's always about, you know, you can't be what you don't see. Yeah. And like, as you know, being in a small town is such an insular community. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's hard to see outside of those city limits. It is. Besides what you might see on television or, or the movies or something. And so to see someone that actually is from that community, you're like, 
and doing what they yeah. do. Yeah. And like my mom still lives in, in, in town. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, this is this We're is still connected. Yeah. Right. It's still, my it's still family a connection. does as well. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, no, you're, you're right. And um, for a while, I just had such a, a strong, you know, when you're actually there and you're living there. He has such a strong desire to get out. And mm-hmm. he's just like, I am never coming back here mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. But now in my <laughs> adult years, I do feel a strong sense to go back and and to encourage students who are going through person high school that, hey, there's so many opportunities out there for us. And especially people of color. Yeah. I, I think that even more so um, because... It can be really, really tough, you know, coming up through small towns and it's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I think even at like the the smallest level, it can show them that, especially, I think they'll be blown away, of course, knowing you work at Facebook, but knowing that, I think it would change something in their mindset from looking at what they use as as a, a tool yeah. as opposed to something they can actually help build. Right. So it changes their mindset from consumer to creator. Right, right. Which, right. you know, even... I didn't know either. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know either. Where do you get your inspiration from? It's not really in design. I'm inspired by uh, people like Serena Williams, mm-hmm. who has completely come into a sport that was, you know, predominantly white mm-hmm. and has dominated, like, and her sister too, and Venus as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm inspired by a lot of athletes and maybe it's because I played basketball okay. when I was in and throughout my middle school, well, elementary school, middle school, middle school. Mm-hmm. I'm really inspired by uh, the work ethic of athletes and how they prepare mm-hmm. in their off seasons and how they evolve and get better and, and stories like Steph Curry who was overlooked in the NBA draft. Well, he got drafted, but, you know, love. But, you yeah. know, and and now look at him now. You know, he's just incredible. So I like a lot of those stories. I think that any designer could look at an athlete's, you know, career and think the same, draw some type of parallels between theirs as well. So, you know, you're always trying to learn new tools and, be better at public speaking, design thinking, mm-hmm. writing, all the stuff. You, you're just constantly adding things to your toolbox. And I, th- I mean, that's just how I think about design as well. And that's what inspires me. What's the best advice that you've been given, like about the work that you do? I actually, I'm, I'm going to go back to, to what Tori told me when I started working here. And it was... Uh, Focus on what is in front of you. You know, as a new designer, especially at Facebook, the good thing is to to focus and mm-hmm. focus really well on what you have and be so good at it, like do it so well that um, people are inherently going to notice mm-hmm. what's going. You've gone over and beyond what you've been asked and you're going to like, it's going to be successful. So he was just, Telling me to, yeah, just, I mean, it's, especially your Facebook, you know, it's hard because you have so many, well, it's not hard, but when you look over to your left and your right, you got designers who are like um, superstars, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they're, a lot of them have been in Facebook for a long time, um, or a lot have come from companies that got 
you know, bought out and now they're doing, you know, working here. And so really successful, like tech designers, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, I have my my goal is to just stay focused on what I have, like on on what is in front of me. Mm -hmm. I can't look at what, you know, they've done in their career. Some of them the same age as me. Yeah. And doing amazing things. So I, I can't be looking at what, mm -hmm. you know, they're doing and what she's doing. I gotta I gotta be like, okay, stay in your Carla, lane. this is this is you right here. Yeah. You, you just keep looking forward. You're doing better than you think you are, you know. Don't be hard on yourself. Just keep moving forward and everything will be fine. I honestly think that's a tough thing for for people that come out of small towns to get. Yeah. That notion that like you like we're we have to, we end up being so hard on ourselves because we know that we didn't have a bunch of those resources right. growing up and we had to kind of make do and yeah. improvise. It's I, yeah. I mean I struggle with that myself. That yeah. same feeling of like there's more that I need to be doing. There's more that I should be doing. Right, right. And now as I've gotten older, I'm, I've I've learned what well, I've learned slash biology has told me like you need to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> like there's more I would love to do and yeah. my body's like, okay, yeah. you you're good. This yeah. is good. Yeah. But but no, I, I know exactly what you mean. That feeling of of focusing on what it is that you're doing, not comparing, you know, your chapter to what someone else's chapter right. is because we're all running our own races right, pretty much. Right, right. Have you had any mentors or people that have helped you out kind of through your design journey? I wouldn't say I've had mentors. I mean, I've definitely had, you know, um, other designers who are older than me that have, you know, encouraged me, given me advice through different stages of stages of my career. But um, I wouldn't say that I have like somebody that I'm constantly going back to and, you know, asking questions. I mean, for me, design is design. I don't try to make it more difficult than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Is that something you would want? Mentor? Yeah. Not necessarily. Okay. I, don't, I don't think I, I don't think I want a mentor. I don't really want somebody that's going to tell me what to do along my career. I would find more value in just chatting with someone about life or like a peer mentor, maybe. Yeah. 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 And, and not really design focused, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I would find more. Yeah. That more makes value sense. In that. Do you have a personal philosophy as a designer? Like, I know you said, you know, working at a, on a big team like Facebook, it can seem like you can't really put your individual style into stuff. But mm -hmm. in general, do you have a philosophy as a designer? My philosophy is just to don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> don't overthink it. Sometimes it's crazy, but sometimes the best solution is not the best looking solution, you know? And I think I found that a lot here at Facebook as well, that sometimes what gets through and what performs better mm -hmm. isn't necessarily the thing that is the the best looking solution, but it makes sense. Yeah. Know? So, and I want to just continue to like hone that fact to myself, like just remember this really bad option, this <laughs> really bad option one over here may actually do better than this one you're spending a lot of time on. Yeah. That reminds me of something 
Nathan Smith, he created the 960 grid system. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he calls it uh, slide tackling, like from soccer. Uh-huh. Like sometimes you just have to get in there and like you just have to do the the quick and dirty solution. Yeah. That's not necessarily the most elegant way yeah. to do it, but yeah. it works. And I've I've applied I've had to apply that to a lot of things. Like this may not be the most elegant way to do it, but it's working. So it's working, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll go with it. That's how it works. So one of the first projects that I was working on here was FB Lite. And mm-hmm. it is the it is the app basically the it's the app that uses like not a lot of data or whatnot and it's usually in emerging markets. Mm-hmm. It's really I like it a lot. But <laughs> FB Lite only uses like one text size uh-huh. across the board. And it's not like the best looking Yeah. You know It's for feature phones basically. It's for feature phones, yeah. yeah. I think it's so amazing. Like when I was working on it, I was like, this is so cool. Because so many people, so many Facebook users are outside of the US, first mm-hmm. of all. And so many people are starting to use FB Lite, especially in those feature phones. Um, so it's always great. Like anytime I get a project where I can work on FB Lite, I'm just like, yes. Because, you know, it's like my opportunity to actually do right. really, really amazing stuff that. Um, that impactful work, the stuff mm-hmm. that really is going to touch a lot of people and a lot of people are going to use and whatnot. Um, yeah. What are you excited about at the moment? I'm here on the in in the first half of my um, Facebook journey, mm-hmm. and um, I'm I'm excited about what the next you know six years are going to look like. Like um, I'm mean, six years, Ooh, six months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already projecting myself to be here. Like, <laughs> Six months, like, so, I mean, so far it's been, you know, I've had ups and I've had downs and I'm really excited to see what will happen from here. I mean, mm-hmm. It's a new city. It's a new, new job for me. Um, I think it can only get better. It's great right now. So, but yeah, there's going to be ups and downs. I already yeah. know it, you know. Are there other designers and artists that you admire? You know what? In college, I used to follow designers. I used to okay. to look into that, but I don't do that anymore. I stopped doing that, you know, once I graduated and I tried to really start to establish my own, I guess for me, not necessarily style, but, you know, sometimes when you're looking at other designers' work, it kind of, you know, it can influence the things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I want to, I wanted to not be influenced by what's popular out there and just try to generate my own thing. But yeah, I don't really have any. <laughs> I mean, I can't even remember all the people that I read about in art history. I'm trying mm-hmm. to, yeah, there's, I mean, there's styles and whatnot that, yeah. you know, this eras of design that, you know, are, are really nice. But any like, I don't know. I mean, even like current designers or current people, anyone. And when I say, you know, okay. when I'm talking about like, designers or artists. It doesn't have to be like dis- like graphic design. No, so no, 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 no. So no. I, I, I really like Tristan Walker's done mm. with Bevel. I think that's incredible. I was actually walking past a beauty supply the other day. And I said, dang, I should own a beauty supply. All the hair products that I buy, <laughs> I need to own a beauty supply one day. Uh-huh. Like, why, you know? Why? Why why haven't I done that? But I really like what Tristan Walker has done. I think is like he's pioneering an, an area that African Americans should have tapped in long ago, mm-hmm. you know. In the hair care and 
um, grooming, whatever, you know, in that industry. So if that's one person that I'm definitely watching is him. Also, um, in the fashion design realm, Ouija over at Brooklyn Circus in New York. Ah. Another person you should interview, probably. I know Ouija through Tina Shoulders. Oh, Tina Shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've heard. I don't know her. Yet. Tina yeah. and I met at, at South by Southwest in yeah. 2010. Okay. It was it was me, her, Kira Tiana Freelon, who now she's in, she's in Brazil right uh-huh, now doing uh-huh. some stuff. But yeah, I remember we hung out a lot during that was yeah that was years ago yeah. we, I remember we took like this this uh like rickshaw thing to this party <laughs> and it was like the three of us in in the back of this thing and i yeah. mean he was hitting it like oh. <laughs> that's how i first heard of ouija through okay. uh through tina but yeah. yeah yeah ouija's a good guy um i i did some freelance for them during my first year at mckinney the ad agency that i was working at in north carolina and i've just known him since like he's like Actually, I should have said he was one of the people that inspired me. Okay. Because Ouija started Brooklyn Circus, I think like $5,000 or something like that. Uh-huh. And Ouija Theodore. That's yeah, Ouija, like, Ouija, Ouija Theodore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and they have this thing called a hundred year plan. They're not even thinking about current trends uh-huh. or whatever. Like they're thinking how they can, you know, how this company is going to be around when they're gone. Yeah. When, when Ouija's out of, out of the way and somebody else. Run. Like, I just think. He's such an inspiring person, and I would run into him sometimes, at, like in New York, and we would talk for like hours because mm-hmm. he has so much wisdom and so much knowledge, and you know, like outside of fashion design, just he's incredible. Nice. Yeah. Do you feel like you're satisfied creatively? Not necessarily. Like, well, I'm satisfied in what I'm doing here, but I know I can, like, there's even more things that I can do that could stretch me creatively. Outside of work, my side projects, I don't feel like I'm, I'm doing anything. <laughs> what are your side projects? I do a lot of typography. Okay. But I haven't been like doing it as often as I could. Talk and... to me about the typography. <laughs> I'm mad curious about that. <laughs> so, I mean, it comes from that whole sign painting thing, you know? Uh-huh. I'm, I really do think that... I could eventually become a sign painter. <laughs> I mean, are you like making your own typefaces and stuff? Um, no, I am not making my own typefaces, but, like, like but I'm doing like and... a lot of calligraphy okay. and um, stuff like that. Maybe I'll do wedding invitations or something like that. For Hand lettering that. is big right now. Yeah. I had Andrea Williams on the show. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. was uh, episode 155. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how she just got started with doing it i think like a few months ago yeah, yeah and now she's got her own little side business where she does see invitations and quotes see, and stuff like people need those things like people like there's so many hand lettering uh, calligraphy you know whatever businesses that are doing wedding invites and yeah all this stuff so that's why i feel like i haven't been doing anything with it because <laughs> i'm just doing it i'm just doing it but i'm not uh-huh. like I'm not pushing it forward as I as I feel like I should. Well, you could do like like small things, you yeah. know, like maybe document stuff on Instagram, like right? A letter a day that or always something. Works, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it could, yeah, it yeah, could. Yeah, no. You know, I mean, just but in a, in a way that's yeah. that's public facing. Yeah, no. And yeah. so other people can kind of see what your progress and work yeah. is behind it because yeah. it can be difficult to try to create that stuff in a vacuum. Yeah, and, and get better at it. Right. Right. Yeah. So where do you kind of see yourself in the next like five years or so? Oh my gosh, I don't know, honestly, Maurice. That's a, that's a really that's a that's a tough one <laughs> um, because 
You know, I would have said that I would have been in New York the rest of my life, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen, you know, end up moving out here. Um, so I'm not sure. What would you like to be doing? I would like to, well, I would like to still be a Facebook. That's like dead honest. Um, I see Facebook as a place that I could retire as an old lady. Just kidding. (laughs) 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 But no, I I see it as a place that I can be in for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely, um, and and they're very encouraging of that. You see a lot of people who who stay for quite a while. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I may have a a kid or two. Okay. (laughs) And... uh, do you think you'd be more visible out in the design community? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and that's that's one actually on the career side. That's one thing that, you know, I would like to even do next year is um, definitely going back to Timberlake. <laughs> and, but also um, doing more um, speaking and, mm-hmm. and talking about design and diversity in design and diversity in tech. And we need more people talking about diversity in design, like oh yes, for sure. Yeah, I think diversity in tech is uh like we have great people that are pushing that right now. Yeah, and then when you go into design, those voices you start like you don't have as many voices there. Amen. You probably have like one, <laughs> and I think I have I know one person uh-huh. really that's out there talking about it. But you need more, especially women. Yeah. Because I remember I was the only black woman in my graphic design class. Mm-hmm. And yeah, actually, I'm curious to know how many black women have gone through or who are going through communications design, you know, like mm-hmm. those majors nowadays. Um, yeah, we need we definitely need more voices out there. We definitely do. And I, I am always looking for them like even just to have like write stuff on our blog like even if it's just one piece or something like if you have something to say and i think it might be good for the audience because you know even the writers that i have now i tell them like you have the opportunity to be a voice for a community that doesn't have that voice like there are a lot of design writers out there but not many of them are black yeah you know oh no yeah, yeah and it's like being able to write from that that cultural perspective is important i think mm-hmm. just for other black designers to see hey this is something that's that i can do or yeah. or at least these are people that are interested in the same kinds of things that i am yeah yeah there definitely needs to be more more definitely okay. needs to be more yeah. especially since i started doing revision yeah. path yeah. i talked to a lot of people and I don't want to say it feels like I'm one of the few people that are talking about design, but it, okay. uh, diversity in design, but it can be that way. And what happens is diversity in design and diversity in tech end up getting kind of conflated mm, yep. as being the same issue. Right. And they're not. they're not. They're totally not. Back in 2015, I did this presentation called Where Are the Black Designers? Mm-hmm. And that was based off of the thesis of a black woman in 1985. She was a, a designer at Pratt Institute. Okay. And she did her thesis on like, how blacks are starting behind in the design industry. And it was super comprehensive interviews, facts, figures that got picked up by print magazine in Mm -hmm. 1987. Mm -hmm. AIGA picked that up in the early nineties and they started doing a little bit of stuff about it, like had a symposium, whatever. And then it just like fizzled out, you know, and then they went back to her. Her name is, uh, people that are listening. Her name is Cheryl Cheryl D. Miller. They went back to her 30 years later 
to write the updates for the post. And Cheryl's like, I'm not a designer anymore. Like she's she's not. She's a clergy woman. She's like, I was a designer. Now I'm I'm not. I'll talk about what I can talk about, but yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. I she said I just wasn't in the industry. Like I didn't yeah. see people like me yeah. in the industry at my age. And yeah. so she wasn't doing it anymore. And you know, that's a similar thing happened to my sister. As I mentioned before, she was in computer science mm-hmm. at Duke. And a lot of her classmates were going off to work at Microsoft, Google, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but she dropped out of computer science because, like, even within her major, there wasn't much encouragement. Yeah. Um, she was the only black woman. I think the only female as well. Mm-hmm. And Oh, wow. She told me a story about they had to pick people to be on the on their teams for class project or whatever Mm -hmm. no one picked her and she said it was the most discouraging time coming from being like the top student in high school Mm -hmm. into duke and just totally being the last one the last one picked yeah and she just wasn't as fast she said as learning like a lot of the coding stuff you know it takes time yeah but because she wasn't picking it up as fast as her her other classmates she just just all the altogether discouraged. She, um, she's a jewelry designer now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. But out but of, still doing design. Of, in still the, doing design, but mm-hmm. just like completely. Like what of, if? Yeah. 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 I told her she could have been out here doing her thing. Hey. <laughs> she would have been like early on, black woman computer <laughs> science. Like girl, you know. <laughs> well, Carla, just to, just to kind of you know yeah. wrap everything up. Where can our audience? find out more about you and about your work online awesome i am on uh twitter okay and username is carla mickens cole and instagram under the same username carla mickens cole and website is city park but take out the i c t y p r k okay dot com all right Awesome. Well, Carla Cole, thank you so much for taking time out of your day for coming to speak with me. First of all, I think the main thing that I get is just like this unbridled like energy from you, (laughs) which is addictive. It's great. But I like a lot about what you had to say about just your journey coming from a small town to here, even how you said you wanted to take on this new adventure from moving from somewhere that was comfortable where you kind of knew people and you had a, a place to something totally new and different, which I think for folks that are listening should hopefully get a little bit of insight from that, Mm -hmm. that they too can pick up and and make their own way doing that sort of stuff. And I certainly hope to see more of you in the next few years talking about diversity and design. I may hold you to that. Hold me to it. Hold (laughs) me to it. Like if it's a few years (laughs) and I'm like, what is Carla working on? Like, I want to see more of that. So thank you. Thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thoughts of love are in And that's it for this week. Big thanks to Carla Cole and thanks to you for listening. You can find out more about Carla and her work through the links in the show notes at revisionpath.com. Thanks as always to our sponsors, Facebook Design, MailChimp, and Hover. Facebook Invest in Design. They care deeply about how their design team might do their best work, and that manifests itself in a number of different ways, such as building tools like origami, sharing what they've learned on Medium, and by giving back to the design community. Learn more about Facebook design at facebook.com forward slash design. 
More than 10 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters. Their attitude may be playful, but their business is serious. Sign up for a free account today, MailChimp. Send better email. Hover takes all the hassle and confusion out of buying and managing your domains. Search for a few keywords and Hover will show you the best available options across all the 400 plus domain extensions out there. Ready to get started? Save 10% off your first purchase by using the promo code REVISIONPATH at checkout. This episode was edited by RJ Basilio and produced by me, Maurice Cherry. Our special intro music is courtesy of Chill Hop. Our regular intro voiceovers by Music Man Dre with intro and outro music by Yellow Speaker. If you like this episode, please do me a huge favor. Leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. It only takes a minute or two and it really, really helps the show kind of bump up in those iTunes rankings for design podcasts. And I'll even read your review right here on the show. Revision Path is brought to you by Lunch, a multidisciplinary creative studio in Atlanta, Georgia. If you like the work that we're doing with the podcast and the website, then visit us over at Patreon and become a patron. Just go to patreon.com forward slash revision path and pledge your support. Pledge levels start at just $1 a month and you'll get access to behind the scenes information about the show, upcoming interviews, and so much more. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.